0: Welcome to Voices from the Frontline from the Christian Medical Fellowship where we hear from healthcare professionals on the front line of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now this is our, our 40th and uh, final for now uh, voice from the front line and it is indeed one that's been very much on the front line. I'd like to welcome today Audrey to the podcast. Welcome Audrey. Hi. Now Audrey you are a consultant anaesthetist you're based up in Scotland in in Glasgow. And it would be great just to hear from you um, a little flavour of what the last few weeks has been like for you and for your colleagues in your unit.
1: Yeah, well, it's been it's been great fun, <laughs> and I might I may laugh, but actually, the truth of the matter is there have been aspects of the last few weeks that have just been amazing and have been genuinely good fun. It feels like it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride with real mountaintops of fun and good things and real valley dips of really awful um, stuff so i work in a 12 bedded icu so 12 ventilator beds 12 level threes um, and eight um, level two beds normally so we physically have 20 beds on our floor um it's not a huge icu by london standards but it's, it's reasonable size by scottish standards glasgow's a funny city we've got lots of kind of smaller icus spread all around the conurbation so that that's kind of the norm for us um we moved in a few weeks ago um just before lockdown hit really and furiously started looking at where we could set up satellite icus um and yeah and then the roller coaster just took off really
0: wow so that's a a real change for you obviously already a very busy job but obviously all the elective Side of things cancelled, and then my understanding is that you've just been overwhelmed in many ways with with patients with COVID, um, with COVID illness.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I normally work part time. I do full time intensive care, but because I, I do some other voluntary stuff, I, I don't work full time in the NHS. But I have done the last few weeks, um, as have all of my colleagues. And we we were really fortunate because we've got big anaesthetic departments. So folks who don't normally do ICU and all of our st six and seven trainees, and to be honest, most of our ST threes and above, and a few CTs as well, were just drafted in to ICU. And we had, I think, we had about oh, the first couple of weeks we had seventeen people on per shift, and that made it just about manageable <laughs> um, with ICU on at four different sites at any one time and you know several floors um apart so some some of us didn't really know each other very well and um, particularly some of the newer trainees who just come in in february it's a big department big hospital they hadn't kind of got to know people so we find ourselves on shift kind of saying oh hello i'm so and so who are you and we to right on the front you know who people were were they are, ct2 or an st7 because it made a bit of a difference to what they kind of ended up doing um so, yeah, it wasn't quite serial numbers, but it certainly was um, training numbers allocated. But it was so good to have so many hands on deck and, and so many folk willing to, to just step up to the mark and say, it's fine, we'll do it.
0: Obviously, we've heard lots, so many reports of the number of people who are, who are dying from this disease and have done so over the last weeks and months. Um what what's been the sort of biggest challenge for you in just in just dealing with that and with your team as well of just dealing with I guess a lot of loss happening around you?
1: Yeah. yeah. A huge amount of loss. I think I think one of the hardest things for our whole team to cope with was there are no relatives. So no one can come and visit. There's no visiting at all in our hospital. Um so nobody can visit. All the patients are alone. Our ventilated patients were all completely alone. The government gave all ICU's some iPads, which is a great idea. We were able to send little videos to families, so they weren't real time, um, but we could take a video of the patient, then send it off, and they could make a little text comment um, back to us, and that that was lovely. And that's basically how we've shown families their their family members and their loved ones. But when people have died in the unit, it's been really difficult because family can't be there, and we've held phones to dying people's ears as family members have poured out their hearts you know we've had staff weeping at the bedside audibly weeping as family members have wept to a loved one that they know that they will never see and they will you know not have any access even to the body after they're dead and we've videoed patients kind of up to the point of death so that people could kind of feel that they were there at the moment of death and some of these videos you know, you can hear three or four staff members crying in the background. Um, so I, I think we have found that very, very trying. Um, you know, and I can't begin to imagine what it's been like for relatives at home. You know, I I, I can't, I just can't begin to imagine how awful that has been for folk.
0: Well, oh, it's so sombering to hear that, and I, and I guess the you know obviously huge implications for the future as to how we. Support staff uh, and relatives, of course, as well, with with just processing these these feelings and the things they've experienced.
1: I mean, I think it's been really interesting to watch how people have have handled these things. You know, as staff, we're supposed to maintain two meters from each other. So, you know, you find yourself—I find myself certainly standing in ICU with two nurses sobbing by the bedside, a trainee sobbing. I've been in tears. Uh, normally, you know, my instinct would be to give everyone a hug. Uh, you know, I'm a bit of a hugger, so that comes naturally to me. You can't do it. You can't. You, know, you can't even get close enough to put your hand on their arm, and it feels really bizarre. We run normally a, a debrief system within our unit, where incidents that folk find traumatic, we debrief either as a small group um, or sometimes one to one, depending on the nature of the incident. We actually haven't done any of those during this spell because we. Well, we haven't we had haven't time in some ways. And also, I think folk just probably couldn't have processed it in the midst of the carnage. But we're now at the stage of thinking, OK, things have calmed down a little bit. Now we need to, to go back and, and process what's gone on. I think it's been really interesting. Um We've all spent a lot of time together. Our nursing staff have just been incredibly fantastic. I cannot praise them enough. They have done far more time in PPE than we as medical staff have. They've all worked out of their normal areas and they have just been amazing. And I find myself on repeated occasions saying to nursing staff, some of whom I've hardly ever met before, you know, who've come from other areas of the hospital, back other hospitals in Glasgow, I find myself numerous times saying to people, thank you so much for coming. You've, you've made it possible to give patients a chance of ICU. And I've said to folk, do you know, when I read my Bible and I hear about how Jesus lived and his sacrificial life and his selfless giving, I say some of the stuff I've seen from you guys has has reminded me of of Jesus. And it's true, it has. And these are folk who haven't, you know, most of them. In fact, I think probably all of them haven't had any real personal experience of faith before. But I think the truth of the matter is that m- much of the conduct that I've seen in the last two months really has reminded me of. What selfless giving to another person is like. Um, And it's it's been amazing saying that to people, and some folk have just laughed and said, Oh, for goodness sake, keep your Jesus out of it. But we've also had some really fantastic conversations um, about Jesus, and particularly Easter fell in the middle um, of COVID, and it, it, it was just amazing. I was working most of Easter weekend, and we just had some amazing conversations about Jesus and. The fact that Jesus is alive, and God is with us by His Spirit because of the res- resurrection of Jesus Christ, and it, it was amazing just to be able to have those conversations um, with people, and they came so kind of naturally because of this bizarre circumstance that we find ourselves in, kind of surrounded um, by death, and and that was uh, just I'll, I won't I'll I'll not forget in a long time um, some of those conversations. Mm. well
0: It's amazing. Yeah, and I think so often we're called to do that, aren't we? Called to see how people are, you know, demonstrating the image of God working through them, whether they're believers or not. And actually, some of our role in medicine is to, and nursing is to actually look at others, as you've done, and say, actually, there's a reason you're doing that, and the reason is because you're made in the image of God, and that's how He's working through you. Isn't that great? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, amazing. Um, we're running out of time, old I could, could talk all day, but I mean, how as we close. Maybe just some final thoughts from yourself on how you've experienced this time and, and perhaps some ways that we can be praying for, for you and for staff in ITU up and down across the UK.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think as we start the whole processing of of it now, um, I would really appreciate your prayers for how, how we do that and how, because I think now we'll start to see some of the anger from staff and and irritation that, that this has happened. And, and I've heard a couple of, yeah, how could God let this happen type comments. And, and I think that's the territory we'll go to now. So I'm really grateful for prayers for wisdom in dealing with those questions and that God will continue to keep the hearts um, of folk who don't know him um, open. We've been praying together, um, groups of us at seven o'clock with the CMF COVID-1900 prayer and that has been absolutely amazing. Several staff have timers on their phones. These are folk who've never prayed before, and we've had opportunity just to pray with people. And it would be fantastic if that didn't end. If we could still keep praying um, at seven o'clock um, when we're in the hospital because we're quite often there um, in the evening. So, I think my overall request would be that that the Lord keeps um, keeps us enthusiastic about just chatting about them um, in the day to day rough and tumble. Um, and that God would really touch um, the lives of folk as they process what they've seen and the loss that they've seen, but also the amazing kind of ability to, to work together in a team. And as people process that, that we would be able to bring the truth um, of God's kingdom um, into that. So that Folk would see it, would have experienced a wee bit of it already, but that we would be able to claim and proclaim the truth um, of God's kingdom amongst us.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Audrey. And it's just been great to have you with me today. So thank you and God bless you.
1: Thanks very much, Tom.
0: Well, great to hear from Audrey there. And she referred to some of the nurses um who have been sacrificially working in, in uh in ITUs and you can listen back to some of our other voices from the pod from the front line podcast addy the itu nurse we see it had chelsea who's a a pediatric nurse who's moved across into adult itu so check those out they're two of um 40 voices from the front line that we've heard from over the covid 19 um crisis why don't you check those out on our podcast feed the first incision where you can listen subscribe and share um we're here At CMF to unite and equip Christian doctors and nurses to live and speak for Jesus Christ. And I trust that some of what Audrey was sharing there has has really provoked you to think, how is it that I, perhaps as a healthcare professional, can live and speak for Christ? Well, that's what we're here to do. So do get in touch if you'd like to hear more. Um, You can check out our website, cmf.org.uk, for more resources. This isn't the end of what we're doing, this is really just what we do. We're here to have fellowship. We're here to show people the love of Christ and point them to a saving relationship with him. So I hope that you've enjoyed our time together. Look out for more content coming out from CMF in the coming weeks and months. God bless you and bye for now.